If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome everyone. Today, we're going to have a cheerful discussion about terminations. Today, we're going to do an overview of why some FRs leave the business and why some who probably should leave don't. We'll talk philosophically and then also tactically about a concrete process for handling terminations so that the FR leaves with their dignity intact and you don't have any loose ends to tie up later. I know it seems like a weird topic for our podcast. However, I feel strongly that how you handle terminations says a lot about your office culture. I mean, Heather, what do you think about that? Absolutely, it does. I've heard you say many times that we have more people out in the community, right, that are our friends that have left than have stayed. And it says a lot, how we let people go says a lot about who we are. So I'm really excited for this conversation. And, you know, you said it's funny, it's a topic, kind of a funny topic, but in reality, it is something we deal with pretty regularly. And so I think it's Yes, important. absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And I, I like to kind of bring it out of the closet, so to speak, because it's something that we don't really like to talk to or talk about. If we don't talk about it, it's not happening. I'm like, well, you know what? It's happening. <laughs> so, But to set the tone for today, I want to quote a highly respected retired managing partner who once said, quote, we should make people feel as good about themselves when they leave as we did when we recruited them. And I love that because it's true. There's the same people, right? The people that we thought were great and they gave it a try. It didn't work, but they're still the same good people and we need to make them feel that way. Here's something else to think about. And you just kind of alluded to it until retention goes over 50%. Now we can dream, can't we? You will always, always have more former FRs in your community than current ones. And those who leave have a story to tell about their experience in the office. They have ideas about your office culture, about what they learned, how they grew, and so on and so on. So think of FRs who leave the career to pursue other opportunities as part of your branding process. As much as possible, we want their stories to be positive. And I realize that's not always possible, but if we're intentional and fair about their entire experience Keep in mind that lots of former FRs leave and they go on to great success elsewhere. And we want to be happy for them, not bitter that after all our, left, our efforts, they left anyway. Because the truth of the situation is most of the FRs that you recruit, train, coach, and generally just pour your heart into are going to leave. That's just a retention fact. And most of the FRs 
you know, we just don't know who they are. That's the thing. We don't know which ones they are. They don't come out of training with a big X on their forehead that says, hey, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be here in three months. That would be <laughs> in really fact, nice. people surprise you all the time. <laughs> yeah, what? yes, it would. But it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes the ones that you think aren't going to make it end up being superstars. And the ones that you think are, are going to be a slam dunk end up leaving in three weeks or something. So that's just how it goes. And I think in that respect, you want to do your best with every one of them and hope that they learn and grow for having cross paths with you, regardless of whether they stay in the business or not. And in that respect, if you think about it, it's a lot like the FR's job in the marketplace, right? Most of the people that they meet with will never become clients, yet they meet with lots of people all the time. They give it their all every day. And I think it's very much a similar type of experience. So part of the issue is gauging when to talk people out of quitting and when to help them make a dignified and graceful exit, right? Like you're coaching somebody and it's like, well, how do I, how do I morph from coaching them to pace setter to telling them they need to leave the business? And I think first you want to start at the beginning, like once FRs get out of training, right? And they have their first couple of weeks in the marketplace out in the field without the safety of training to go back to, some of them will want to quit right away. In fact, almost everyone wants to quit at least once, at least once in their first six months. It's just hard to adequately convey in recruiting how difficult this is going to be and how people out there in the marketplace behave. The first time they realize the reality of what they got into, they could just be like, nope, nope. Nope. So <laughs> my philosophy generally is to talk everybody out of it at least once the first time. And then after that, it requires intuition, looking at their activity and results and the circumstances around why they want to quit in the first place. I try to always remind people not to make permanent decisions during emotional times or based on temporary circumstances. If they give it their all and things really start moving forward, and then they still want to quit, then they have more credibility about making that career decision. Right? But how many people do you know who leave at the top of their game when they have the right amount of activity and they're getting the results they deserve based on that activity? Not that many, but the few who do are the ones who realize, yep, I've given it my all. I've gotten great results, but I can't keep it up. It's not a good fit for me. I mean, Heather, have you ever had anybody that you've coached who like was doing a good job, but it was just like, I just don't enjoy the process. I don't really enjoy it, even though I'm good at it. You know, it's funny you ask because I have, it's unusual, but typically it tends to be real go-getters who, you know, they hit pace setter first 40. Those are, the, they're almost the opposite end of the extreme. Like you see that they do so well and you're like, oh my gosh, they're phenomenal. And they are phenomenal, but they just realize this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like they did it to prove to themselves that they could do it. They hit pace at her first 40 and they're like, I, it's just not for me. But that's so rare. It is rare. But I know a few people who, that's what's so tough about this topic of termination. I mean, ask any over five year FR how many times they wanted to quit and they'll tell you a thousand times and they're still here. So you just don't know, right? Like everybody wants to quit 20 times. So how do you know which is, is this the time? Are they still going to be here in five years or do they truly want to go? I mean, it, it, there's usually, rarely is there a clear answer right from the get-go. It's a process of figuring that out. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. It is definitely a process. And that's where you have to also look at the whole picture, right? You have to look at their activity. You have to look at their results. You have to look at their relationships in the office. You know, you have to really, when people say they want to quit, you want to figure out what is it that's causing them to say that. 
And then to go, so let's get into the other side of that a little bit, which is you might wonder why FRs don't leave on their own, right? When they're clearly struggling and they're not getting results, they're not making money, they're generally just really getting frustrated. The managing partner that I worked for for many years used to have this philosophy that they would take themselves out of the business, right? Like they would come to this realization and leave, but very few of them actually do. And so I think to really understand this idea, you have to kind of take a step back and look at it from a larger perspective. So in our national American culture, and especially in this business, we value perseverance, right? We value keeping at things. And we tend to equate quitting with being weak, right? We label people who don't keep on keeping on as quitters, failures, losers. And so people will stick it out because they don't want that brand. They don't want to be called a loser. They don't want to think that they failed at something. And also something that I think as I've had this conversation with a lot of different coaches, they don't really realize this. Sometimes reps have some guilt because they know how much you've poured into them and they don't want to disappoint you. Like you're the reason they're staying but not because they think they can do it. They just don't want you to, they know how much effort you've put into it and they don't want you to be disappointed. And sometimes people stay even when it's obvious they're not going to make it because they love the culture. They love their peers. They love the office. They love the idea of running their own business. They love everything, but the actual work, right? Like they, like they, they love everything about it. And sometimes they get caught up in this idea that, there's one big case right around the corner and it's going to change everything, right? Like it's a little bit like gambling for some people who are really struggling, but they think, man, one big case would change everything. And it might in that moment, but it's not going to change everything long term. Now, many of you have probably heard or read the book Freakonomics. Heather, you, you're familiar with Freakonomics, I have heard right? of it, yes. I have not read you, it though, but I've heard you know good that, things about it. Heard, yeah. The author, he's written a couple books. It's, yeah. it's good. Now, Yep. There's a team of authors and they, there's another book by the same folks called Think Like a Freak. The final chapter of that book just kind of blew my mind because they talk about the upside of quitting. And they talk about three forces that keep people from quitting something, even when the odds of success seem unlikely. And the first is exactly what I mentioned earlier. Their, their entire lives, people have heard some version of the message, winners never quit. And so that's, as I said, that's just part of our national culture. That's part of what we think about when we think about the American way of life is perseverance is in there. The second thing is the difficulty of abandoning something that you've already put a lot of time, energy, and effort into, and they call it sunk costs, right? Like you've, you've put six months into the career or three months or five months or whatever it is, and you think, no, I, gotta, I just got to keep going, you know, because I've already got this much time in, which leads to the third concept, which is the failure to consider the opportunity cost of putting all your focus on the failing endeavor to the exclusion of other options that could lead to success. So in other words, other career opportunities in which someone might be better suited. And the authors say, and this is, you know, it's funny because I resisted this initially and I thought, but they're so right. Quitting something that isn't working in favor of a better opportunity isn't failure. It's realistic. It's just being realistic. Now, obviously, you can't just go through life quitting things at the first line of difficulty, right? But there comes a time when you realize the FR realizes this career is not the right fit. And, and I think part of our job is to help them make a smooth transition to their next opportunity. I mean, Heather, do you have any other thoughts around that concept? 
What's resonating with me right now is just the difference between quitting versus failing or leaving versus quitting. Like they're all different things. They have different definitions. So just because you are leaving does not mean you failed. It means it's a choice. It wasn't for you. A lot of times, I mean, some people don't have a choice. They aren't good at this and they're going to fail. Other people, it is a choice. Like, I don't want to do this. This isn't, I don't enjoy it. I could muscle my way through it. So yeah, I just think how we position it to with the reps is is really important. Like you talked about helping people leave gracefully and it's it really is a respectful thing to do to help them. We talk about the kind truth, right? Like we need to tell people the kind truth. Like maybe this isn't for you. And it's not it's not that you're quitting or that you suck at it. It's just not a good fit. I mean, how many people do we know that leave jobs all the time? For some reason, there's this weird, because we track retention so closely in this industry, there's this negativity that comes along with people that leave the business. But the truth of the matter is people leave jobs all the time. This is just different because it is, it's a little bit different than a job. It's a career. You're building something for yourself. It has that entrepreneurial feel to it. But yeah, I just think we do make a big deal out of it when really it happens all the time. Exactly. And I think it's because we're so close to it too, you know, mm-hmm. and we know what a great opportunity it is for the right person. So we have this ever hopeful wish that everyone will stay. So how do you know when someone's thinking about quitting? Like, what are the signs? Now, sometimes they'll just straight up tell you, you know, I hate this career and I want to leave. But sometimes they don't, which means that you have to be mindful of picking up on some clues. Like they suddenly stop coming to meetings, right? They start to pull away from, and this is a one that's a little more subtle, but you really have to keep an eye out for it. They start to pull away from people in the office that they've previously really been friendly with or close to or really had a good connection with. And your attempts to connect with them or, you know, really, let's face it, hunt them down, go unacknowledged. Like they just aren't returning your calls. They're just, they're hiding, right? Because they don't want to face the what's coming. And that leads us to the actual termination process. And I use the word process deliberately because termination should be a process, not an event. Unless someone gets caught doing something straight up illegal or non-compliant, the termination discussion should never come as a surprise. There should be, if it's at all possible, a series of conversations that result in a mutual agreement that there's not a good fit. And we will do, we don't have time in this episode to do this, but we're going to do one of our near future episodes on, we're going to role play the various coaching conversations that can take place that can lead up to a termination. So don't worry, we're coming back to that Mm -hmm. topic. But to wrap up today, I want to talk about having an actual process for effective termination because it makes all the difference and all the mundane but important details that go with it. So there's not any, when they leave, they leave. There's no loose ends on either side. First of all, it's wise to have a termination letter that outlines everything in detail, such as things that need to be returned. They're going to have to return their laptop, their access keys, any passes that they have, business cards, letterhead. You know, they'll want to know, how, what about my health insurance? You know, what happens when I terminate? How long? And so forth. And I think one of the big ones that we really have to be mindful of is handling any outstanding debt. Because sometimes if policies have reversed or something has happened, handling outstanding debt is critical. You have to be crystal clear about that process and having them understand that unpaid debts could go to collection like any other unpaid debt if that's how your office handles it. Because, And I'll tell you a little story from many years ago. We had a rep who left, who left owing a chunk of money, wouldn't, didn't make any payments, just kept ignoring it, didn't consider it like 
a real debt, I guess. So we turned it over to collection because that's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was not an insignificant amount. Well, he went to apply for a mortgage loan and it showed up as a something in collection, which you know what that does to your credit. And that this blew up into a really unpleasant scenario for everyone. So yeah, I mean, that's so you don't want any surprises on either side. So if they owe you money, you need to be very clear about how you're going to recoup that and so forth. They need to be aware of how to handle licenses and registrations that they hold and what they can and can't do on social media under the Northwestern Mutual name. So it's it's good to have a letter that outlines it all and then a checklist that both parties can sign off on so that everybody knows it all got done, right? Terminating FRs is disappointing, of course, but doing it smoothly, professionally, and fairly just keeps everyone's stress level at a minimum. It preserves dignity and goodwill, which in the long term is pretty important. Remember, Terminated FRs are a big part of your brand, whether you're intentional about that or not. So keeping it as positive as possible just helps keep your brand untarnished. Any other final thoughts, Heather, before we wrap up? I'm glad you mentioned that we're going to do another episode on this. I have like a lot of thoughts and maybe they, I don't know exactly what our focus is going to be. You mentioned, obviously we'll have the conversation and how you get there. But earlier in the episode, you were talking about how do you know, like oftentimes it's not clear if they should terminate or not. You're not really sure. If you're not sure or they're not sure, this is where, again, my favorite number one tool in our toolbox, hopefully all of our listeners already know what I'm going to say, is asking questions. I think there's so many good questions that you can be asking of them to even help them understand because some to know whether or not they want to terminate. Sometimes they don't even know. And oftentimes, they don't leave because they love the people or they love the idea of being an advisor or they love the culture or they don't have anything else to go to. So they're fine with just hanging out until they find something else. And so I really think understanding why, what's keeping you here. That's a really good question to ask if somebody, you know, if you're not sure, like what is keeping you here? I also like to ask the question, like, where do you see yourself in two years? And I think they'll be surprised, but often If they can't articulate, like if they can't answer right away that they see themselves as a financial advisor down the road, you know, I mean, this business is so hard. And if you don't have that long-term vision, it's going to be tough. Even just asking questions like, how is this turning out for you? How is this career different or the same as what you expected? And just get them talking about their experience. I think on a scale of 1 to 10, how honest are you being with yourself about the fit for this career? Or what would you decide if you were, there's so many good questions I think that we could ask to help them make the decision so that it's not a decision on us necessarily, right? I think our job is to help guide them to the decision because oftentimes they don't even know themselves if they're staying, going, you know. And then the only other last thing I would say is make sure you make the termination process about them. You know, it's not about hitting targets. It's not about saving people. It's not, I hate to say it, but it's not about our feelings. I mean, we probably feel badly that we brought them here in the first place. And then you feel guilt or you feel pity or you feel sorry for them. And so you you keep them around and you're trying to save them. And the fact of the matter is you, you have to ask yourself, what is the best decision for this rep, for their career fit, for their happiness, for their mental stability, for their financial situation? keeping them and their situation at the forefront of the decision, I think is most important. Exactly. Because you never know who's going to be floating around there in your community who might say to someone, you know, it wasn't for me, but I think you'd be great at this because they've experienced it and they know how difficult it is. So... Well, and the other thing too is with, and we'll probably talk about this when we have an actual conversation, but there's a lot that you can do to help them with their next step. I think sending them back to the 
recruiter, right? I mean, we can, the recruiter can connect them with so many different people because they're so connected. Maybe you recruit them to another position in the office and AFR. There's so many teams out there right now that are looking for good people or a coach or a staff role. So many different options. I know if you have a really good person and you like them, but this just isn't the right fit, ultimately there could be a good chance there's something for them within the organization somewhere. Exactly. It reminds me of one final thought is just liking someone is not enough for them to succeed at the career, right? We like everybody we recruit. We're not going to recruit people we don't like. So I think everybody has a set of gifts and talents. And for some people, those gifts and talents just explode in this career and they just are perfect for it. And for other people, there's lots of, there's other places where their gifts and talents are going to come into play and and they're going to feel good about what they're doing. So hopefully we've given you some food for thought today. Thanks for joining us. I know we have Thanksgiving coming up. So I have have a wonderful Thanksgiving and count all your blessings. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our Activity Coaching Clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.